0: Welcome back to another episode of Me and My Gorgeous Husband. I'm Adam Marr, and today, Michonne and I are talking about how to survive the holidays by just not seeing your family. We're also going to talk with sexual health educator, Dr. Karen Rain. And finally, we're going to do an impromptu relationship check-in, which I for sure told Michonne about, and he forgot. Mariah, bring that music up, girl. Me and my gorgeous husband was recorded in front of a live studio, Mariah Gossett. <laughs> she's our producer and she's here today. Yes.
1: Mariah Gossett Jr. <laughs> I don't know why I call her that. Must have liked her work in Raisin in the Sun.
0: Oh my goodness. I had to read that when I was a freshman in high school.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It was perfected by Sean P. Diddy Combs when they remade it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, Michonne... We have an anniversary coming up. Tis true. Uh, Number six.
1: Yeah it it's shocking because on the ride over here it was so quiet. I thought we were driving to sign divorce papers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, people can't tell you've been sick, so I was trying to save your instrument. No, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're gonna be married six years this month. Uh huh. What craziness is that? And together for eleven years in what May March? Only (laughs) eleven? No. (laughs) <laughs> if I only, if I only had one day left on this planet, I'd want to spend it with you. Aww, because every second with you <laughs> is like an eternity. I hate you. You're the worst. <laughs> Facts. <clears throat> um, Michonne, we had to get married in a different state when we got married. Yeah, we did. I mean, for for it to be legal, I guess we could have done it in Texas. But what a, we're no, we're not doing that nonsense. Like. <laughs> commitment ceremony, I was like, I want the papers.
1: has to be performed by a witch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and your uncles.
1: Are the best in the world.
0: Yeah. Tell people what they did. They, That's
1: a leading question. They became, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they became our Mrs. Havisham. <laughs> they... uh Bankrolled the entire thing against my will, kind of. <laughs> but I'm super thankful for it. Oh my God. <laughs> they did. I was like, no, 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 no. Justice of the Peace is fine. We're just going to be there, so I want to tell you. That way we can visit and hang out. And they were like, absolutely not.
0: And then cut to us at the private dining room of the Gramercy Park Tavern. <laughs> yeah. Having a rehearsal dinner.
1: Con- constantly being told by my uncle's guests that no one gets to see the private dining room. <laughs> We've been going here for 20 years, and we've never seen the private dining room.
0: And it was like my first time meeting your uncles. Uh, (laughs) No, that couldn't have been. um, They came down to plan the wedding. Right, 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 right. And then it was like, hi, welcome to the family. True, yeah. I was like, yes, I'm worth it. It was good times. It was great times. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Even running to the restaurant, (laughs) because our driver was severely behind schedule. Facts.
0: All good. Uh, Michelle, what advice would you give to people who want to be in a relationship as long as we have been in one
1: um to listen and certainly to communicate i know that sounds uh very trite everybody always says communication is key but it really is it's the only answer also compromise right
0: Yeah, I, well, I think part of what is up with communication is the way our brains work is we think we get something figured out. So if we're kicking it together for a really long time, I can really feel like I know who you are and what you're about, but you're slowly changing and growing and your needs and what you value and want is going to shift uh, over time. And so if I don't update my snapshot of who you are, it's really easy then to treat you like when we first got together, but what you wanted and needed 11 years ago, it's not what you want and need today in 2019. True. I'm a slowly growing angry flower. <laughs> you really are. I'm <laughs> fertilizing all over you to get you to grow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, thankfully, you
1: update your own snapshot for me of how yeah, you changed. it without,
0: <laughs> without pause.
1: <laughs> you know, it needs to be done because. Sometimes people
0: like me aren't paying attention. I'm always like, "Uh, are you growing? Is this working? You're like the hardest. I'm going to get into this. You're like the hardest sick person to live with. Oh, that's probably true. Because I'll be like, oh, do you need anything? And you're like... Yeah, oh slowly dying. Do you, do you need a respirator? What the fuck yeah. is that?
1: I'm de- yeah, I'm definitely like a sick animal. I just want to crawl into the corner and be left alone. And I'm either gonna make it
0: or I'm gonna die. Yeah, my favorite time of you being sick. We had he just a favorite. Yeah, we had just started. Don't okay. don't bring Mariah into this. She's gonna be on my side mm-hmm. all the time. I'm the one who signed her check. Um, trust. So we had just started working out when I finished grad school back in like 2012. Oh. Yeah. And the night before we went to the gym, because we'd go like early ass in the morning, you got a taco from Taco Bell.
1: I, hold on, in my defense, because we don't normally eat Taco Bell, they had just released the Dorito shell tacos. (laughs) It's like Doritos (laughs) Loco.
0: And it needed to be like tested. Yeah. So I'm in the gym at like 4.30 in the AMs, hitting this lift hard, making it work, and you disappear. And then you come back like 10 minutes later. And I'm all like, Are you okay? Because you look completely flushed and just like uh you look like 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound yeah. sack. And um <laughs> you were like, Oh, I just went outside and vomited. And I'm like, We True. need to leave immediately. <laughs> You're like gonna try to continue to work out. Hey, you had food poisoning. I had to like I convince did. you to like call into work that day.
1: It was the longest food poisoning I've ever had. I've had it two or three times in life, but that one lasted for like a little over
0: 48 hours. I was so sick. Yeah. Yeah, slowly dying. And the best part was you would not tell me. You're exactly the kind of person that like if you were choking in a restaurant, instead of asking for help, (laughs) you'd be the one who runs to the bathroom. And dies alone. And (laughs) dies (laughs) trying to heimlich yourself. On the sink. Yeah.
1: It's true. Uh, And for that food poisoning, the rest of the day I just... Laid on the floor in our room sweating and then crawling to the bathroom and vomiting. Um,
0: yeah. Shirtless. Like, and do you do you need anything
1: at one point, like nine hours in, you came in to check on me and I'd thrown up consistently for nine hours straight and I was laying on the floor drenched in sweat with no shirt. And you were like, your abs look good. Do you want me to take a picture?
0: <laughs> that sounds like me.
1: I wanted you to die. <laughs>
0: um, I'm pretty sure you had me take a picture. <laughs> that is not true. Okay. I guess happen. we were rewriting history here. I didn't. Welcome to our new podcast, White Old Men. I said no. <laughs> get out. If you took a picture, that's on you. <laughs> it's still in the old spank bang, Yeah. Um, Machant, we have the holidays coming up here. Yeah, your favorite holiday. Oh, yeah. Halloween is absolutely my favorite holiday. Hocus Pocus Day. <laughs> It's a controversial movie. It, what makes it so controversial?
1: I, like 50% of the population thinks it's the greatest, most fun movie ever, and the other 50% is like, no, that movie's trash. We don't know why adults keep watching it. It's um, never been good. Stop watching it.
0: I think, it, well, my understanding, <laughs> I'm going to give you a brief retelling of the history of it. I'm so excited. Our podcast. <laughs> it started out being like some like cheesy family movie for sure and then they like got going in it and they were like oh fuck this we have like we have like, a good script we have a good cast i guess we're making like a real damn movie so like i i see where some people would be like what and then bett midler comes on and you're like oh okay <laughs> that's probably the best defense of it i've heard yeah i'll accept it i mean i like it i like billy
1: I also recognize how terrible it is
0: yeah i mean it has children in it yeah done Mm-hmm. Not um my favorite. But like in the bigger sense, like Halloween is the kickoff of a shit ton of holidays that oftentimes have obligation to people. So like some people have to go to visit their in laws for the holidays. Yeah, let's not do that ever. Oh, <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> we avoid it at all costs. I hope they ton- don't listen. <laughs> I think they, they won't. They didn't even come to our wedding. <laughs> You think I'm going to listen to your podcast? It was so far. I know. They were like, here's $100. Okay. Yeah, that happened. Thank you. Hey, you know. (laughs) No big whoop. Um, I do like when you go to Louisiana, and I'm all like, have fun. It does not
1: happen often, so that's okay. I certainly don't expect you to go. I don't want to go.
0: but You're like, who wants to? It's muggy. It's and the only thing you can watch is Fox News. It is very hot. Yeah, it's so sweltery. Yeah, Um all those maguey. <laughs> the last time we went, we like worked out code for when I would be overwhelmed by your family system. Would <laughs> you pull your hair out? What was the code? <laughs> you remember? We'd be like, let's go work out, and we'd like go for a run. And Uh-oh. on that run, I'd be like, Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those moments. <laughs> yeah the yeah they're the amount of texting I do to you from across the room they're
1: combination folks,
0: yeah, they're
1: like a really surprising mix of super kind and fun and generous, and also backwoods right wing conservative, yeah, it's a real mess
0: my mom is, my mom lets you know up front, she just does not like you because you're gay, yeah, she's <laughs> gross. <laughs> I wouldn't know about doctors, since we got engaged. I can hear the disappointment in her voice the first
1: time she realized that we eat our burger and fries the same way. <laughs> She's like, Oh, he eats the fries first
0: too. Just
1: like her or like me? Like her. Oh yeah. She was not she was not pleased with it and I'm like, I don't give a shit how you eat fries. They all
0: say they all say we marry our family system, so I'm yeah, I'm just like PK Griggs. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even say it. Um, you better get <laughs> you better get ready for hating hating yourself then. No,
1: I mean that's I'm already there, but I'm not <laughs> like her. I won't be like her. We're good.
0: Um, what advice would you give to people who feel like they have to go home for the holidays or like you know perform like the Martha Stewart holiday for their family systems? My only advice is
1: you don't have to. Yeah. Like, take control of your life. You're an adult. If you don't want to visit them, if they make you less happy, then don't. There's no
0: rule that says you
1: have to visit them.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes people have money attached, right? Which I get. If it's, like, big money coming down the pike.
1: I guess, but I have big money attached. And I spent my entire life setting up a system in which I wouldn't need it.
0: Yeah, but you also got me in that deal, so I think that's a win-win.
1: I set up that system long before you came around.
0: <laughs> I think you knew... I cosmically, no. psychically. Nope. You had nothing to do with it. Stop taking credit. <laughs> I will take nope. credit all the time. Um, no, but some people can't do that, which I get. I guess. I, 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 I do I not work, accept I, it. I work with them in therapy, so trust me. There are times where people cannot have safety or security. They have to stay attached to a crummy system, which sucks. You can go your own way. You also are someone who... Fleetwood Mac said that. Yeah. You are very Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Yeah, we have like a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'd usually do like a champagne tasting at the house. True. And then invite <laughs> folks who, who might not have a place to go or have to like work retail.
1: Yeah, and cook something fun yeah. and unusual.
0: Oh, I loved it when we did French food.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that pops up every now and then. <clears throat> but yeah, we stuffed a bird, made our own pate. <laughs> it was we, good. We
0: are some bougie gays. Uh. <laughs> bougie on a budget, trust. La joie de vie. Hey everyone, you are listening to me and my gorgeous husband. I am Adam Marr, a sex-positive, straight-friendly therapist. And I'm here with my husband.
1: Marchant. I'm the heckle to your jekyll,
0: also known as the nice one.
1: Yes. Is that (laughs) true? You (laughs) You are the nice
0: one. (laughs) That's not true. And the person cackling to my right here (laughs) is someone I know very well, uh, Dr. Karen Rain. Hey there, Adam. Hi, Dr. Karen. I can just call you Karen, correct? Because we are friends. Yeah, don't
2: ever call me Doctor Karen. (laughs) Doctor Rain, I'm okay with. Yes, or Karen. (laughs) Not Doctor Karen. Mm -mm. Doctor.
0: No one. No, I was raised by ignorant wolves. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, Karen, you are like a big get. People in like your world like know who you are, and yet a lot of folks might not know you because you're very much a humble, like stay-at-home jam read write person
2: Adams recently found out that I like to make jam yeah and it seems to have just stuck
0: it broke my brain it comes up a lot because <laughs> <laughs> it also it is delicious like you're gonna put smuckers out of business <laughs> if,
2: uh, if
0: writing about like, you know, sexuality doesn't work out
2: let's be clear the jam that you had yeah I picked those raspberries from a wild growing raspberry bush oh, Jesus. in rural <laughs> Germany <laughs> <laughs> and then jammed them within hours.
0: Oh my! This is some Laura Ingalls, yeah, craziness. Yeah, <laughs> was she one of the Mound Traps? No, oh. she, she was from Little House <laughs> on the Prairie. Oh. You know, it's all the same. I was so close. Well, Karen, you you found it, a uh, nonprofit here in Austin called Unhushed. Can you tell folks a little bit about Unhushed and your mission?
2: Yeah. So our mission is to. Break the Silence and Stigma Surrounding Sexuality, and we go about that primarily through sexuality education um, at, uh, with a lifespan perspective. So we've started with some curricula, but we're, we're expanding beyond that in some really fun and interesting ways now.
0: Yeah, so you do like middle school, high school, college, young adult.
2: Yeah, so we our curricula at Unhushed includes a full comprehensive middle school curriculum that's 38 hours long, if you run it from start to end. And we have a full high school curriculum that's 36 hours long. And then we're currently working on our birth through five-year-old curricula. Whoa, I love it. And our kindergarten through fifth grade curricula.
0: Yes. Plus. And your stuff is... Inclusive and pleasure-focused sex ed.
2: Yeah. You know, we definitely – it's definitely inclusive. We talk a lot about that. Um, We talk a little bit less about it being pleasure-focused, although it is. Mm -hmm. But that's not something that we do a lot of conversations about. So I'm kind of excited to talk with you about that.
0: I was going to say, because there's a part of me that goes, I bet some parents might have a challenge with that.
2: Yeah. People balk at the idea of talking about pleasure um, with anybody but especially with the under-18 set. But it is an element of everything that we're doing because we're talking about um, knowledge about your body as an inherent human right. And one of the parts about our bodies is that they feel good when they're t- touched in certain ways, and they feel bad if they're touched in certain ways. And we need to talk about all of those elements.
1: Is that how you directly um, confront pushback, or do you have like a, a plan or method? Or you just explain that straight out?
2: You know, we haven't had a lot of pushback because we don't, we don't um, explicitly advertise as being pleasure-focused because we're not particularly interested in addressing that pushback directly. Um, so when asked if we're pleasure-focused, it's usually by someone who's into it
0: no, makes and, sense. Is,
2: and, you know, already understands what that means and understands the context. Um, you know, we are starting to get more pushback as more people know us and more yeah. people are using and knowing our curriculum. Um, but usually it's about age-appropriateness and other other issues that we talk about pretty frequently and obsessively.
0: Yeah. Can we talk for a moment about some of the curriculum that you've created? Because, like, mine was essentially, like, what you kind of think of for sex ed, which was a gym teacher showing me slides of STIs. Machan mm. is from Louisiana, so I assume... His was a crawdad. Yep. Definitely. (laughs) Teaching him the same thing. Just put a crawfish in a condom and slap people with it. It's a lot of that. Yeah. So what might, like, uh, sex education look like for someone who's younger?
2: Yeah. Let's start with one of my favorite activities in our high school curriculum is actually on STIs. Yeah. Because so many of the... STI activities out there are just basically lectures, which yep. is pretty boring, and – or showing really, uh, you know, close-up pictures of genitals that have all kinds of problems going on with them.
0: And usually, like, the worst-case scenario. Absolutely <laughs> the
2: worst-case scenario. Makes for a better picture. We're yeah. talking, like, terrifying. Yeah. Deep-down terrifying. Um. And so we don't do that. So our high school STI activity <clears throat> actually just passes out this one-pager. And we've we've created a one-page information sheet on STIs, which I don't know anybody else who has. It took me about a month of working closely with our designer to make it readable, informative, all of these things. So it's, it's very intensely designed but very informative for if you're just, like, looking for information – so we pass that out, which basically does the same thing as the lecture. And now we have another, you know, 69 minutes to go into detail on something else. So what we do is we have – Can I pause
0: for a moment? Yeah. You totally uh-huh. made my shot at 69 minutes. I know. <laughs> I'm married to a child. No comments. I,
2: I mean, I didn't choose that number because of it. But as right. soon as I realized it was coming up in my, in my patter there, I was like all in. Oh my Spoke gosh. to me. Yeah, um, yeah so then we have the kids, we break them up into groups and we assign each group um, a person. And this person has been diagnosed with an STI. And they have to write the story, that, they write that person's story. So how did they contract it? How did they decide to get tested? Why did they decide to get tested? How did the testing go? Um, now that they've been tested, what is their next step's? And so they write this whole story out using the information handout to base their, all of their information in the scientific realities of whatever STI they've been assigned. And then they um, introduce their people, their, their little story, to the group. And then they pass their person on to another group. And then that group has to do some role plays. Whether one of the people is ident- pretending to be the person with the STI, one of the people is pretending to be a nurse. And so one of the people is pretending then to be their parent. One of their people is pretending to be um, a future partner. And so they role play, like, what does a dialogue look like if you have been um, diagnosed with gonorrhea at 17? And what does that mean about a partner conversation in 10 years so it's this really like applicable kind of real life scenario <clears throat> rather than here's a bunch of scary things.
0: Yeah. As someone who helps people explore their sexual identities in therapy, I have a lot of folks who come in and they are mortified of STIs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think we've talked a lot about this offline, like this idea of all the risk we take as humans. Like- To get here today to film this podcast, I got in a vehicle and drove it at 40 miles an hour. That's a risk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So helping people understand that, like, you know, education, understanding these things will help you then better navigate your own sexual health and recognizing all the risks that we take every day.
1: Yeah, it's also a really brilliant idea to uh, have people take on the different personas and role play, which I never would have thought of. I'm glad you're so much smarter than me.
0: Oh, Karen is like ex- <laughs> That's extremely smart. Karen's like the person I go to. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. When I'm like, um, should I do this? I should ask Karen. Yeah. And she, my favorite my favorite Karen <laughs> is when we are at some conference or something and someone is talking to her and I can see, I can like see in her eyes, she's like, oh, I'm going to help this person discover their own ignorance right now. <laughs> and she'll let them talk and talk and talk and talk and then her teacher training comes in and she asks like one Socratic question <laughs> and their whole thing collapses on itself
2: Yikes. I mean you just got to got to show people the doors yeah and then they walk through all on their own
0: I love it you're teaching at UT I am right now, currently. yeah
2: I am back in the classroom at UT I haven't taught at the college level in I don't know, five years maybe. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun to be back in the classroom. Um, I'm not accustomed to class sizes of over 100, however, which is what I have now. So that's a new experience for me. I've worked – I mean, I've done lots of groups with over 100, but not a classroom. I've done lots of workshops and presentations and things like that for, you know, thousands. But this, like, ongoing how do I make a classroom experience – interesting for 115 kids for, I mean, they're not kids, but you know, young people, <laughs> um, younger people, <laughs> um, you know, and this ongoing, you know, twice a week wave for 15 weeks so that they're, I mean, no one wants to hear me talk that much. I don't want to yeah. hear me talk that much. So how do I make that interactive and engaging in the way that I do all of my curricula for the younger groups, right? But I'm assuming that those groups are like maybe 20 to 30 kids. It's a different ballgame when you have.
1: That's what I was wondering. When you have a curriculum that spans age groups, do you just change the vocabulary or is there, are there other methods to make it um, apply to different age groups?
2: Yeah, it's very different. So (laughs) there's some of the vocabulary changes, although not a lot, actually. The vocabulary of the, the content stays pretty similar, Right I might use four or five syllable words more frequently in my college classrooms than I do in middle school classrooms, but the content curriculum or um, words all are the same yeah. um but the way that you present them is different, so that activity that I was mentioning earlier about the uh the high school kids writing these stories that's not one that I would use in middle school classrooms because middle school kids you know they're not having. First-person experiences with STIs in the same kind of way, yeah. so they don't need the first-person kind of experience in the classroom thinking about and talking about them. Okay. Um, for then, it's more of a like, oh, theoretical you know, at the end of the day, what I want them walking out of the classroom with at the middle school level is, you, don't, you can, can't know you have an STI unless you get tested. That's their takeaway. At the high school level, it's, I have the skill set to talk about STIs with people in a variety of settings. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> Kim, yeah. What, what inspired you to go into this field? Because you are a smart cookie. You could be jamming it up, it, <laughs> making your own jam business right now, but you chose to make... <laughs>
1: Revisit a jam,
2: yes. We're okay. gonna we're gonna c- bring that back I, around over and over again. Already. I don't I don't
0: think I'm ever gonna get of jam. <laughs> um, but you can, okay. you, can be, you can be doing a lot of things. Do in Do you the world.
2: do you know what's happening at my house right now? <laughs> what
0: um. is happening at your house? I can only imagine. <laughs> it I'm better be j- it better be jam related.
2: <laughs> it is it is not jam related. However, it falls into like this general theme. I feel like
0: <laughs> like Little um, Women.
2: Like, yeah,
0: I want to be Joe. Oh. She was the one that rode the motorcycle in Little Women, right? Yeah, and died early. I think yeah. from a motorcycle accident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I'm mixing Little Women and Facts of Life. Oh yeah, yeah. you're that's welcome. Right. I thought you were catching that, but you did not.
2: And <laughs> uh, also, what, what is going on uh, The Von Trapps and <laughs> yeah, Little House, house on the, on the, the Prairie. Bird. You're that's, just like mixing it all up. That's kind you're... of
0: that's kind of my shtick. Yeah, I like to mix things up.
2: So, uh, genre bending, if you will, m- my wife and two year old right now, oh, I laid out patterns for them for dresses <laughs> and it and pinned this... them to dinosaur fabric before I left home. And so, they are cutting out pattern pieces for me to sew dresses for the two of them and the baby's doll <gasps> to wow. all be matching dinosaur fabric.
1: So, does McCall or Simplicity make up a, a <laughs> pattern for her <our> dinosaur clothes?
2: <laughs> well, no, they're not going to be shaped like – they're not like dinosaur costumes. Uh,
0: right, right. no, this right. is print. Yeah.
2: Um, when my 18-year-old was four, however, she did want to be a dinosaur for Halloween, and I did design my own dinosaur costume for her. Respect. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> blue sequined.
0: That, wow. And that is, that's why many of them died out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Disco dinosaurs. And
0: they're now mermaid pillows. So, Karen, you could do a lot of
2: things. I can, yeah. What,
0: I um, mean, what made you choose, like, this path?
2: Well, the question of what do you want to do for a hobby and what do you want to do to actually, like, make a living mm-hmm. is a really important one that I feel like not enough people really assess deeply in themselves. You know, because um, I don't want to make things to sell. I tried for a hot minute, oh. and I was miserable. Yeah.
0: Actually Yeah. Because dealing with the public in that sense sounds mm-mm. terrible.
2: It is terrible.
0: Because people have terrible taste.
2: They do. Look who Michonne picked as a husband. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Obviously. I drink a lot. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, you know, I always knew that I wanted to work with teenagers. That was just always my deal – Um, as a teenager, I felt like we were, uh, neglected as a group, socially, culturally, and things were required of us that didn't feel like were appropriate developmentally. You know, and this came out as a teenager being like, I shouldn't have to ask to go to the bathroom. Who are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. Wait, you were,
0: you were rebellious (laughs) as a teenager?
2: (laughs) Um, only in the way that I, um... Not in all the ways that other people are rebellious. Yeah, you're rebellious
0: and like this is this goes against human rights. This is like
2: systemically <laughs> unacceptable. Yeah.
0: You're like woke.
2: <laughs> and you know, the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um you know I was there was a wreck on Mopac on my way to school one day, my senior year of high school. So I was five minutes late, but they did like a lockdown thing. So because I was five minutes late, they wouldn't let me into my AP chemistry class. They made me go to the you know, cafeteria where they were like, okay, now you have to do these worksheets for the standardized test. And I was wow. like, Mm-mm, my friend, I have passed this test. I passed this test two years ago. I am not going to be filling out these Worksheets. I have more yeah, important things yeah. to do in AP chemistry.
0: I told Mishan this morning that, like, you and him are more similar than I think he realizes. And this, yeah. this is exactly underlining yeah. that. I so railed against the machine.
2: They were like, because you're unwilling to do these, you have to go to the assistant principal's office. And oh. I was like, Ooh, okay. A, a
0: walkie-talkie and a bad perm. So Look out.
2: <laughs> I went to my assistant principal's office, and he was like what's the problem? And I was like, well, I was five minutes late and I want to go into class anyway because I'm going to learn AP chemistry. And he was like, well, you can't because you're late. And I was like, it's only five minutes. And he goes, well, but a cop can still pull you over for going five miles over the speed limit. And I said, sure, but they don't. <laughs> 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 and that riled him. And he said, well, I'm going to call your mom. And I was like, great. Yeah, Here's her number. Yeah. And he was like, Please step out into the hallway. Wait for me out there. I was like, all right. So I stepped out into the hallway and, you know, pulled out my AP chemistry work and sat down and did my AP chemistry until the bell rang. And I was like, well, I'm going to my next class now. So I think that was, you know, his way of, like, not dealing with me. Yeah. So that was my rebellion was that level of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But teenagers, you know, they're great. They're so much fun. I think are so. They, yeah, they I think are they're they're amazing. Oh. No, I, <laughs> I do
1: anywhere near teenagers. They're scary. <laughs>
2: I
0: worked at a rehab for teenage boys for almost seven years, and... Teenagers do not let shit slide, Mm-mm. and it is a radically authentic way to live because they will haunt you with your own words. <laughs> exactly. I don't need any of that. I live in fear of anyone under the age of 18.
2: I love them. Yeah, me too. And I love middle schoolers, which is even harder. Yeah,
0: because yeah. they s- stink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oftentimes you're like, oh, we have not had this talk Quality yet assessment. deodorant, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Or shampoo.
2: So I thought I'll go into education, right? Yeah. It's easiest access to teenagers in our culture and went through four years of, well, I guess three years of teacher training and was really excited about it. And then I got into the school system and realized that the way it was structured here in Texas was such that I couldn't implement the best practices approaches to education that I've been learning about for the last four years. Yeah. So I had this like idealistic perspective of like, oh, I know how people learn. I know how to run a really good classroom, make it really exciting and invigorating, and I wasn't allowed to do it. Hmm. And so I was like, well that's stupid. I'll go back to grad school. So I'm back to grad school in educational psychology. Um, because that was the program that hired me, to, that accepted me directly into a PhD program because I didn't have a master's degree yet, and I was like, mm, "Master's degrees, no, thank you. I want the PhD. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna be Doctor Rain if I'm gonna go. Don't call it Doctor Karen. To grad then school, I will drop a jam on you.
2: <laughs> and hot jam burns.
0: <laughs> Is that the name of your like family good time band? <laughs> hot jam burns. Uh, so you went back to get your Ph.D.? I
2: did, and I was going to do research. Mm-hmm. That was my plan. Um, and then the people in my research program told me that if I had a family, I couldn't do that. Wow. Um, and I already had a kid. I was pregnant. I had a baby, or I guess a toddler, and then I was very pregnant. And they, my advisor said, um, you cannot be a tenure-track professor and have a family. You might as well just drop out now.
1: And rebellious you, yeah.
2: No, it took me out. Pregnancy oh. hormones, not to be reckoned with. I, <laughs> I just burst into tears. I went to the my department person who was the one who could unenroll me from school directly, just sobbing, right, hugely pregnant, sobbing. And uh, she was like, "Why are you? Why? What is what has happened?" And I told her, and she said, "No, absolutely not. You are not dropping out." I was a single parent in grad school. You were staying in school. You were coming to me for your advising for the rest of your duration here. You are graduating.
0: And then she played Shaka Khan, I'm Every Woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I graduated, not quite sure knowing what I wanted to do, right, up until my last semester. And so I was still like, I guess a PhD in educational psychology can't hurt me right? It's in an area that I'm interested in. It's probably what my career will be in. I just don't know how I'm going to use it. And that semester, one of my friends who had a daughter who was a freshman in high school, the daughter had a pregnancy scare. And I mean, the most sweetest, most adorable pregnancy scare (laughs) that you have ever heard of. You know, so she and her partner had been dating for, you know, some months, five or six months. They had known each other since they were very small. Families all knew each other. The rules were that they couldn't be behind closed doors. They had to be with an eyesight at all times. And Same. Uh, <laughs> uh, you had that rule, too? Oh,
0: yeah. I had no rules because my parents saw me as asexual because I was, like, super Christian. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. I was the
0: good one. My brother yeah. was the troublemaker.
2: Well, um, oh, the tables have turned. This young person did not take the path that you took. Yeah. And she and her, her partner, uh, had sex in the backyard within full sight of the house. Yeah. Just like on the lawn. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it only it took us very short because, yeah, it, it often is it, the first it, time,
0: it, it doesn't take a lot.
2: <laughs> and
0: she'll be telling our secrets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, uh, and you know, then she just, as teenage girls are wont to do, freaked out and was like, Oh my God, I know I'm pregnant. I've got to be pregnant. Um, so she came to her mother and she said, I think I'm pregnant. And her mother was like, Wow, okay. Wasn't expecting that. Um, tell me more. You know, did you use a condom? And she was like, Yes, I used a condom. And her mother said, Well, after you had sex, where was the condom? And she was like, oh, my God, it's still inside me. And, like, started, like, pulling her clothes off, like, trying to, like, like claw a condom out. Of- anyway, it was not still inside her. Uh, spoiler alert. It was in the yard. <laughs> um, it was, like, on a
0: garden. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, so she had told her boyfriend that uh, she'd had this pregnancy scare. So her boyfriend, like... Was like trying to figure out how to tell his mom. And so they were shopping at PetSmart. And just like in the middle of the aisle, he goes, Mom, I think my girlfriend is pregnant. And I'm the one who inseminated her.
0: Oh. Oh, yeah, like cattle. <laughs>
2: Large farm animal. <laughs> So, spoiler alert, she was not pregnant. Yeah. Um, and Yikes. her mother came to me and was just, like, talking with me. It was like, I just wish there was a place where she could go for comprehensive sex education. The school does nothing. Nothing. They mention nothing. I can. She was like, I can take her to Planned Parenthood and get some really good information on contraceptives and STI prevention, but I want something that's this really comprehensive approach and I was like, "Oh, I can do that. Yeah, so
0: you put down your jamming accoutrement.
2: I was like I was like, "Yeah, I have no problems doing that." Yeah. Of course, my PhD almost in educational psychology qualifies me to talk about human sexuality. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I sure thought it did. Yeah. And um, it was so much fun. And so I worked with my friend and her husband about how to talk about sex more openly in their home. And I talked with their daughter one-on-one over a series of weeks about sexuality, sexual health, relationship-related topics, and it was the most fun I'd ever had. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to do this.
0: Yeah. So what what would you say is, like, some of the worst and best advice that you have heard about talking about sex with young folks or just talking about sex with a partner, even?
2: I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I haven't ever thought yeah, about it in those I, terms. I
0: get some, like, really doozy. So I do a lot of work with uh, men who love men. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them come in saying, oh, anal sex is just supposed to hurt. That's just part of the deal.
2: Oh, and I'm like just like, wrong information. Yeah. And I was just
0: like, oh, no, honey. Oh,
2: yeah. So yeah. I heard from one of my students that uh, ejaculate reduces the chances of breast cancer. Swallowing ejaculate...
0: You're like, whose boyfriend taught you that? You're like, thank God. Her I'll never boy- have to worry about breast cancer.
2: Her boyfriend <laughs> taught her that. Yeah. And when I pulled out, like, the medical research that disproved this theory that she brought in, she cried.
1: Yeah, she had been had, for sure.
2: She had a history of breast cancer in her family. Oh. And she was, like, dedicated to this cause of making sure she never had breast cancer because it had, it had killed her grandmother. Her mother had gone through treatment several times. It was probably going to kill her mother. Like, she'd watched this trajectory.
0: She thought she had found, like... An answer. ...out. And yeah. She had really just found...
1: An douche, asshole. A douchebag. Yeah. 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 Master manipulator. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, um, but the issue was that there had been a publication about it. CNN had actually mm-hmm. published an article that, saying... Yeah. That swallowing ejaculate reduced the chance of breast cancer. That
0: gets me riled
2: up. I got so angry. So
0: I often see like these flashy headlines about mm-hmm. research that's out, and I'm like, one, you look at the study and it's garbage. Totally. And I'm like, okay, you just need, you just wanted something that would like get people's attention, but this really isn't anything,
2: right? Uh. So I actually talked with – or through my stepmother who had breast cancer at the time, she talked with her doctor about it who was like a top – one of the top global oncologists. And she got so angry. She called first the um, author of the CNN article, reamed him out, called his supervisor, reamed the supervisor out. They were both like, it was published. What can we do? So she called the researcher. Like she dug deep in expressing her extreme discontent. She
0: had Anderson Cooper on the phone.
2: She was... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
1: It is crazy how you can just publish anything, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. You would, I would like to think that the mm-hmm. people, the editors of these articles, are at least moderately intelligent adults and could read this and be like, we can't post that.
0: Oh.
2: Right. But if it doesn't not. seem true... Yeah. It's probably not true.
0: Here's the problem with news is it is its own commodity at this point. And so yeah. people are like, Oh, this will sell, this will this will get bought. As yeah. you can tell my undergrad is in communication studies. <laughs> <laughs> she truly is doing the most. Um I'm gonna back up and talk about anal sex not hurting. Mm, like, mm-hmm. right? So if someone says it's supposed to hurt, like one, there's a big difference between something feeling uh new, uncomfortable, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is just a different sensation and something feeling painful. Mm-hmm. If it's painful, stop, slow down, breathe. If you don't have a partner or partners who are willing to do that with you, you need to get yourself some new partners.
2: This is something I talk about all the time. Yeah? Yeah, actually, I was uh, I was on Fox News. <laughs> uh, I, I was not I, prepared for I'm that. I'm going to go dig
0: that clip up. Mariah, can you pull up the clip of Karen? <laughs> Yelling at someone on Fox News.
2: (laughs) So I was filmed without my consent at a youth. um, I
0: remember this.
2: mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. At a youth thing. Uh, I was talking with 600 youth answering their anonymous questions. One of the questions was, well, first of all, there were a lot of questions that had someone chosen a clip to put up on Fox News. I was shocked that this is the one that they picked.
0: Yeah, And this is from like a square state, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the ones you don't even name anymore. You're just like Box America.
2: I mean it was Iowa. Oh, there
0: you go. <laughs> we can we can name it. Oh. It's the state. <laughs> Have they done anything since two years?
2: So yeah. they, uh, they filmed someone, it someone filmed me in the audience and uh, the clip that got put up on Fox News and it was just the local Fox News, it wasn't national. Thank goodness. But it felt so innocuous. Yeah. The question, which was clearly from the audience, was, does anal sex hurt? And my answer was, sometimes. And then I went on. But they end the clip after the sometimes, which I feel like was true.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like absolutely. I don't know how you can argue with that as like an appropriate response. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what to say if you're upset When a youth asks, does anal sex hurt, and you answer, sometimes, I don't see the problem.
1: That's what they were going after? Yeah. Yeah. They wanted you to say –
2: They never told me what they wanted me to say. But based on that clip, the state legislature was considering making it illegal for anyone under the age of 18 to ask an R-rated question.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. R-rated questions. I like that. That would be right next to some law about, like, corn husking. <laughs> <laughs> no R-rated questions. No silky corns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Karen, we do have, like, a new law here. We were talking about this the other day. There's a new law about nudes in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your take on it? I mean, I'm not consent. Mean,
2: okay. So... I don't have the like the exact wording, but it generally, my recollection is that it's illegal to send unsolicited nudes.
0: Yes, correct. It's classy misdemeanor with a five hundred dollar maximum fine.
2: Okay, <clears throat> so
0: or you can it also can be what's the turgird? turgid? <laughs> turgid. <laughs> Jesus. Turgid. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus can't help you, girl. She ain't real. Um, or if you were like bulging in your underwear and you sent that.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't just apply to nudes. It's anything. Mm, Suggestive of the,
0: I guess, genital area.
2: Interesting. Very weird. So, like, like poignant nipples, does that count?
0: No, because it specifically is written towards people with penises, but of course the law says men. Okay. Right. So, if you're wearing a pair of shorts and
1: things seem. If you're John like Ham situation. Yeah. <laughs> then that automatically counts.
2: Okay.
0: Oh, John Ham. Can we just take a moment and think about that? If you are attracted to men, oh, ham. Let's just get on the ham for a minute. Karen, you think about jam. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Yeah, I literally can't believe you came onto this podcast because
2: uh you'd... how else are we gonna spend our Saturday mornings? If it. not this, then what?
0: You'd be like mccalling out with your family. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, queen.
0: so do you have any uh, thoughts about this idea of a law that is, I think, in good faith to, like, have people have consent at the same time, some of the complications of consent?
2: I think it's well-intentioned, but I don't have any idea about the implementation. Yeah. Like, I I understand. I agree with the intention even. Yeah. um, And I wonder to what degree we should be working towards shifting culture as opposed to legislating. And so that's really where my biggest question is. Yeah.
0: And I think you work from a much larger perspective. You're like, I'm going to make meaningful impact by creating curriculum that changes, <laughs> shapes minds.
2: I mean, yeah. Like, ultimately, that's what's going to make a difference. Yeah. If we look at the differences in cultures where, you know, sexual assault is more common and STIs are more common, and pregnancies and all these other problems, um, they're cultures that have a that are inherently different than the places where these things are not as problematic or mm-hmm. as frequent. And so the answer is not to legislate. The answer is clearly, if you look uh, at a global dialogue, is to shift the culture. Yeah.
0: True. So you teach sex ed. You create curriculum on a global level. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that experience. Was it like to go to cultures that might be very different than like the old US of A Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: help people like figure out how to to teach sex ed?
2: You know, it is I um, the first time that I went to a culture that was really different. It was um, Zimbabwe. And I was surprised at how similar the concerns were. Yeah. So, so yes, there are differences, right? Obviously, there are differences, but um, the underlying framework of what is good education is not different. The biology, is not different. Um, the psychology of human connection, not so different. Uh, so, there's there are things that um, need to be done very much in partnership. Uh, when I'm in, in places that have really different cultures than my own, like, shall we say, New York City?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Very different from Texas. It's um, less big hair. <laughs> um, you know, so there are differences that we need to take into account and make the sex education applicable. But we need to make it applicable at a micro level because it has to actually be applicable to the youth who are sitting in the classroom itself. You know, what I do, you know, even, you know, out of our offices is going to be different than what, um, you know, two different high schools in Austin need. Mm -hmm. And that's the perspective that I come from, which is that my goal is to help people, help facilitators make sure that their content and approach is applicable on the micro level to their classroom. Mm -hmm. And when I'm looking at it in that way, the differences between cultures uh, matters less because I'm giving facilitators tools to modify and apply to individuals.
0: Yeah. So you're, like, teaching people how to kind of, like, Look across the landscape, gather data, and then make it applicable to the people that they work with.
2: Ideally, like each individual sitting in front of them as opposed to this larger context. This summer I was working with UNESCO in the eastern and southern Africa region. And there's a lot of cultural differences among that broad swath. Mm -hmm. So the training that we did, uh, which was in... um, Zanzibar, which was amazing in and of itself, as a whole side note. I've gone some really cool places from sex ed. Like, who knew that you could do that? But it does happen every now and then. I,
0: I think you're a unique person to do that because you're also incredibly smart and you don't like systems. So you make your own system <laughs> and you're like, I want to travel.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes that's to amazing places yeah. like Zanzibar or Guam. And then sometimes that's the places that are less amazing like Iowa. <laughs> Like forever. Have you ever had corn jam, really...
0: Mashaun? It is really the pits.
2: <laughs> I made watermelon jelly recently for the first time, yeah. which is also something that's unexpected.
0: That's also my stage name at the Yellow Rose. <laughs> I, oh, God.
2: So um, in the room there was such dramatic cultural differences among the people who were there representing their countries, right? Because there's 13 countries, and it goes from these very conservative but places like Lesotho, but has this very high HIV rate. And so they're looking at, like, they need to save the lives of the people who are living there. And so they're like, yes, we have bought into conversations about condoms wholesale, but anything about sexual orientation and gender identity off the table, including a conversation about people who are intersex. And I'm like, there's a biological reality there, my friend, that you can physiologically just see. And there's still no. Yeah. And then there's places like South Africa, which interestingly, like, entirely encompasses Lesotho, that is like, oh, yeah, like, same-sex marriage is legal in South Africa. And they – I know, have no idea. So these very different cultures living very close quarters with each other and with themselves and helping them figure out how, as their own community, to navigate that space – without me coming in and telling them what to do but rather providing a platform for conversation.
1: Yeah. Unhushed began in 2009 or
2: No, no, Unhushed is only a year and a half old, oh, almost 2 th- years old. Is baby. Oh, I,
1: I thought I read that on the website. Um, yeah,
2: no, I've been doing sex ads since 2007. Oh, okay. Um but Unhushed is brand new.
1: Okay. I was going to ask um but not a lot of time has passed. If you ever hear back from people who were a part of your workshop and they give you, like, their experience and how it changed their outlook on things.
2: Yeah. Actually, the the person who was my first sex ed student who I have – that one person, like, way early on who had that pregnancy scare, I have the most amazing quote from her. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. Can I take a second and look for that?
0: And I will say this. Uh, I know a lot of people who have taken your your courses in college when you were teaching at ACC who are still like Karen Rain fans. They are big old fan girls.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing sex head long enough to have feedback for me personally, right? right? We're still just kind of getting starting to get it back from unhushed specifically. But I've been
0: I'm also been to enough conferences where you represent it and people are like in, into you Yeah.
2: It, it's a little funny having fangirls like it is yeah. its own kind of experience
0: I was a fangirl of you and then I like tricked I know, you into I had, friendship I had to tell you this stuff <laughs> cut it out yeah. you were like we are friends now and I was like yeah. oh my god Crossed <laughs> well, the threshold it's easy to imagine um, we're not friends until we
1: make jam <laughs> how <laughs> big of an impact you can make on someone's life when you sort of coach them in these sort of things that they don't hear from other people um, yeah I can I think about all the Ways I would have made better decisions had I had better
0: education, (laughs) Including who we chose to partner (laughs) with.
2: Yeah. So let me read you this quote. So she sent this to me 10 years after I worked with her, almost like to the month. Um, So she was 14 when I worked with her. She was 24 when she wrote this. Um, Karen, early in my teenage life and at the insistence of my incredible mother – instilled a sense of empowerment that i had never heard before from the adults in my life although it took me a while to fully hear her advice it stuck with me and eventually became the metronome that brought me back to treating myself with the respect and reverence that i deserve
0: wow yeah i love it
2: i know it's pretty amazing
0: yeah that's like all the things you want to do
2: it is basically all the, th- <laughs> like, if I could just get this for everyone in the world, that's yeah. actually my personal, like, mission. You asked for the organizational mission mm-hmm. early on. My, my personal mission is that everybody has access yeah. to this kind of um, support and information.
0: I love it. Karen, so, where can people find you?
2: Um, unhushed.org is yeah. probably the best. Um, U-N-H-U-S-H-E-D.org. Or my own personal website, which is years out of date, but is KarenRain.com. I
0: thought it was going to be like a Karen on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Well, beautiful. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Thank you.
0: Yes. You're so much fun. Mm, Let's eat some of this tasty jam. Michelle, I think it's time for our relationship check-in. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's do it. Just like at home, you were hesitant. I mean, part of the reason we're doing this podcast is to show people how it is not that scary and okay to, like, talk about how your relationship's doing. I was not notified. This is terrifying. Oh, you were like, I did not consent to this. Mariah, get me out of here, please. (laughs) Hit eject. I'm just going to fly through the roof. (laughs) So, Michelle, what would you say— is the easiest thing to appreciate about me. Um, The
1: easiest thing to appreciate, I truly appreciate that you check in daily (laughs) uh, to see what we're going to do for dinner, when you get off of work, what we're going to do to hang out. It's like a constant um, text situation because it also clears up my mind for not having to create Things like you can tell me what we're gonna do for dinner, or what I need to pick up for dinner, or make, uh, and then yeah, Yeah. what to queue up on the TV.
0: I usually give you like options. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking this. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it makes my life a lot easier. So, yes, I like that.
0: Hmm. I'll take it. Thank you. I'll take it. (laughs) I think what I'm appreciating about you Mm -hmm. is you really let me be me, and I do. That is not easy. (laughs) Because your girl, talking about X-Men, she's like a storm sometimes. It's not always easy for me. Yeah. Uh, And I did not have that growing up. I had to perform a lot and pretend to be like Uber into the God Squad. Yeah. And so having someone who just lets me like be me and works to appreciate it, even when it drives you up the damn wall, uh, is actually very lovely.
1: Yeah. You know.
0: That's me, mm-hmm. Sunny BB. Oh, my gosh. Super wonderful. You are. <laughs> if there was one thing that you could change about me, what might you change?
1: I think I would just want you to, uh, just in general, and this is super shallow, but I would want you to just pick up after yourself more. Yeah. You create a constant... Uh, Hurricane of tiny messes. I do like where you'll set down numerous pairs of shoes all over the place, or yes. leave glasses everywhere. It's like really the simplest of things, so it's not worth
0: um, losing my mind over. I agree with you, though. Yeah, there's just lots of piles. Yeah, I think for you, if I could find a way for you to this is not going to be good, <laughs> really celebrate your own self more. Oh yeah, that sounds difficult. Yeah, because I love you to pieces, and I know yeah. that it is more of a challenge for you to yeah. feel that same way about yourself. Should, yeah, it really. That's hard for my brain. Yeah, it's not in my
1: wheelhouse. I so. know.
0: So I will try to pick up, I will try to pick up my shit more. Yep. And you will try to have radical self-love. <laughs> I'll just be popping bottles every night, all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh uh, well. well you know, party. I think it's more than what I call like uh white girl Instagram, right? Like sometimes people look at self care as just getting your nails done or like, you know, getting your hair did, which is fine yeah, and sounds good. And those things need to be done. And then there's like a deeper level of maintenance that isn't as easy. Like for me going to the gym. Like it's oh, not just for my physical health, it's for my mental health because it helps my depression. Um that but it is tough though. Work for me to like haul my Big ass to the gym and be like, all right, I'm going to be in here for like 45 minutes. Here we go. Yeah. The same reason it's hard for me
1: to uh, appreciate myself more is what makes it easy for me to go to the gym mm-hmm. because I'm fueled by constant self-hatred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's really easy to walk to the gym. I'm like, yeah. You better get your ugly ass in there and do something. <laughs> you're like, this is hanging on by a thread? Yep. The only thing I have to help me yeah. right now is is hitting some weights. I'm almost Medicare age. Yeah. I have I mean, problem problems. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so you're the yeah. world's oldest twink. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough place to be. <laughs> so. Well, Michonne, I love you to pieces. Ah, uh, I love you too. You should. I'm amazing. Uh Mariah, thank you so much for being so wonderful and gorgeous and letting us do our thing. You're the best. I know. She really is. She did not know what she was getting into when she signed up for this. Probably not. Yeah. So everyone listening, thank you so much for following along with us. You can find me on Instagram at Moontower underscore counseling or online at Moontowercounseling.com. You will find me nowhere. You're going to find Michonne in his hermit crab shell. (laughs) Yep, in our living room. (laughs) You'll find Michonne re-watching Peabody and Sherman for the fourth time. Fourth? Today. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Back on track. (laughs) So, you know, be lovely to yourselves. Be lovely to your partners. And, uh, yeah, wheeze out.
1: Thanks for listening to
0: another episode of Me and My Gorgeous Husband. I am gorgeous. True. <laughs> Keep following along. And new episodes will be coming soon. All over your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and My Gorgeous Husband is produced by Mariah Gossett, Adam Marr of Moon Tower Counselor, and Machan Fontenot. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is you. Show me that beautiful butt. <laughs> tag team back again we'll be around i guess next week or sometime
1: tune back in who
0: knows